0: Hello everyone and welcome to Beyond Parenthood, the podcast. My name is Alyssa.
1: And my name is Ali.
0: And we're here to share with you wisdom about parenting.
1: I still remember, even though it was over 10 years ago now, the day we brought our son home from hospital. We'd carefully driven, probably the most carefully driven drive ever yeah. in my entire lives, <laughs> back from the hospital to our home. And we got out of the car and took the baby seat carrier into the lounge. And we just put the baby seat carrier in the middle of the lounge. My husband sat on one sofa. I sat on the other one opposite <laughs> each other. Yeah. And I just looked at this little baby and thought, what do we do now?
0: (laughs) It's funny that you say that because I I can remember like a similar experience, although having home birth, obviously we were already at home, but I remember when Delilah was born, um, after she, I think the midwife had left about six in the evening and my husband and my mum had been here. They'd gone out to get a pizza because that's what you do after you've had a baby, you have pizza. (laughs) Um, they gone out to get a pizza and I, I just remember like the midwives had left, they'd left. I was just sat here on the sofa with her on my chest, the blanket over us and had that exact same moment, that kind of half, yeah. oh my God, what just happened slash, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's actually over and she's here. Yeah. Slash. I'm now alone in the house with a baby. What do I do? Like, yeah, and and that that's coming from the background of you know working with babies on a daily basis. But so suddenly, when it's your own, you just sit there and go, God, <laughs> completely what I, different. What do it's I do? Different. Like,
1: it, yeah, it's it's a really odd. It's such a powerful feeling. Like I say, you know, that's over that's over ten years ago. But I can remember it. It was like it was yesterday. It was such <sighs> a powerful feeling. I think that's what's really interesting about you know, the fourth trimester, which we're sort of going to be chatting about is that certainly for me, I spent so much time focusing on, you know, the nine months and the pregnancy and, and for us, it had been, you know, quite a weight as well. So there was sort of all those all those years of kind of like building up to this moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but you
1: ju- I just spent so much time focusing on those nine months that, um, you know, when, when, when the time arrived, uh, it was literally, Oh, okay. <laughs> what, do, what do we do? What do we do now? What's, what's the plan? It's
0: interesting though, isn't it? Cause I, I think you, you really do though, don't you? Like you said, you really focus on those nine months and it's, yeah, it's like the, the birth is kind of the end point. There's this finality to it. Like once you get to, to that point well that that's it this this whole chapter is over and you sort of you sort of think of it like you're, you're climbing the mountain and the birth is the summit and then in actual fact you you get there and baby arrives and you realize that you're only at a base camp halfway up and you've Absolutely. still got, you've, you've still got the whole rest of it to go mm. and I'm not really sure you ever start coming down the other side until maybe they leave home and then you yeah. kind of <laughs> like kind of start Start coming down yeah. the other side of it, but yeah, it, we we don't. I, I almost think feel like we should view that 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 pregnancy process. You know, the whole thing. It's not nine months. It almost is that twelve months. It's taking into account that kind of fourth trimester,
1: absolutely. Because it, yeah. it
0: sounds like it's a bit of a a watchword and all this trendy thing of the fourth trimester. But it, there's there's a lot of evidence behind it in terms of the hormonal changes in your body, and and actually when you think about it, not just In terms of what's going on for mum, but also what's going on for baby, because they're going through this sort of transition from womb to world, if you will. Yeah. And it's actually a really powerful time in their development. You know, they, they probably developed more rapidly in those first 12 weeks. Than they do later on, you know, in terms of what, what they're doing, going from being that real little newborn newborn who really just feeds and sleeps, who's got very poor vision, who, you know, has, has very little comprehension of anything beyond their, their need for, you know, food and warmth. Yeah, and then you you know you know when you see a twelve week old the the difference that they're interacting and smiling and making eye contact and holding their you know holding their heads up more and they're they're just progressing so rapidly through that stage and that's just the things you can see
1: it's that's not right. even what's yep. going on under the surface that's right and I think what's really interesting is I read somewhere about you know they were talking about the the physical the huge physical leaps that that baby will go through in that short period of time and the emotional change. And I agree with all of that. And then I I kind of read that and I thought, well, actually, you know, that's exactly the same for the, for the mother, mm. <laughs> the huge physical changes and the huge emotional changes that you, you go through. Um, and I think that that fourth trimester can be, it can be, incredibly hard it can be incredibly difficult it can be incredibly amazing and joyous at the other end and yeah the highs and the lows you know sometimes in such a short space (laughs) you can feel you're on top of the world and you know maybe an hour later at the bottom of the world and I I, that I think a lot of people forget about that Mm. um and and the changes that you that you experience as a parent and trying to grapple with this new experience yourself, as well as, you know, the baby.
0: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Cause it, it's a total shift of your identity. And I think actually that's one of the things that I struggled. Well, I say struggled, struggle with and have since my first child was born and that was, you know, four and a half years ago now, but have struggled with since then that, that total shift in identity that before that day that they're born and it literally happens in that, that twenty four hours. Before that you are a woman and you're you're a wife or a partner and and yeah. that's it. And then and, and you're kind of balancing the two of those. I feel like most of the time you're balancing those quite well. You've got your time for yourself, you've got your time for your relationship. Yeah. But once that baby arrives, that's it, you know, that that's all consuming and, and despite your best efforts actually, you can't switch off from them. What what they need always comes first before anything else. And I think that's often really difficult for the, the, you know, non-birthing partners to comprehend because they don't have that hormonal shift and they don't have that hormonal connection there. It's hard for them to understand how you physically, you know, you just cannot switch off from that
1: baby. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's exhausting. And I think it's really interesting because lots of, you know, lots of the things that I really notice, which I, you know, when I'm working with parents now, I I make a really big thing about it because I know how important it is. Is it almost goes from, you know, how are you? How are you feeling? You know, when you've still got the baby mm. and you're still pregnant, and it's all about you. And you know, are you okay? And everything. And then literally the moment that that baby arrives into the world it shifts and it's like oh how's the baby is it sleeping and yeah mother's almost kind of pushed aside a little bit and um that's why I always when I run my classes make a really big thing about saying do you know what this is for you as well as your Mm. little one because it's so important that they are that you know mothers are you know recognized um because you do you do lose that sense of identity and you become so-and-so's mum you know, oh, you yeah lose and, your name you know, it sounds, so it's, it, mum.
0: it's funny though that we joke about that and I had the conversation with some parents at school about that the other day but it it's just yet another way though that you've lost your identity as a person you you yeah. actually and and I'm guilty of doing it myself because there are parents at my daughter's school who I don't know their names yeah. I talk to them all the time and I know who their child is yeah but it it's just yet another way that you kind of you lose that, don't you? And, and like you said, the focus all becomes on the baby. And don't even let us launch into the unrealistic expectations of all these loaded questions of are they are they a good baby and are they sleeping well and are they feeding well, as if if they're not, that's a reflection on you as a parent. You know, it's the, just, yeah, just first so the first time. Begins. I know, I was going to say, the first time, you know, just after your baby's born, the first time we're going to make you feel really rubbish and start to doubt yourself as a
1: parent, right then,
0: right when that first yeah. guest arrives.
1: And sometimes it's just the really sort of um, unguarded comments that people make that are meant to be so well-meaning, but Yeah, it just, you know, sometimes you just think, oh my goodness, like you say, the guilt starts. I remember when I had earlier, a relative said, um, I was doing something, I can't remember what I was doing, it might have been swaddling or something, and I just had that. oh, you're doing that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was all that needed to be said for me to then have doubts that I was doing mm-hmm. it all wrong, and I got it all wrong. And
0: <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? Like you said, it's all well-meaning, and the, these comments come from—they're just trying to make conversation, really. Yeah. yeah. But it—it's it, interesting, though, when when we talk about that that shift, and we talk about that big shift in the roles of you know your kind of identity, if you will. And when you think about all of the, the hormonal changes that are going on, you know, behind the scenes and you kind of, if you take yourself back to your, your, you know, adolescent years as a teenager, when you're going through these massive hormonal shifts and all these ups and downs, and it's very socially accepted that, oh, you're a teenager. So you're going to behave erratically and you're not going to make the best decisions and mm. you know, you'll, you'll be all up and down and all over the place. And it's just completely understandable because you're a teenager um and yet actually your body is going through almost the same thing in terms of these huge hormonal shifts
1: but Mm.
0: there isn't that same acceptance for it and when when you're a teenager and you're going through that big change that change from child to adult It's it's expected of you that you will be finding yourself and that you'll do some crazy erratic things and that you'll go through phases of you know dressing strangely or dyeing your hair pink or whatever because you're a teenager and you're finding yourself and you're figuring out who you are. But yet when you have a baby and actually hormonally in your body you're going through a very similar change, it's not really acceptable to be no. erratic or emotional or dye your hair pink because no. you're, you're a mother and you're supposed to be on top of everything you're supposed to be sensible and know what you're doing yeah and it's all supposed to be under control yeah that and expectation those... is
1: just completely yeah. wrong and those those kind of you know those initial few days where you you know you have the baby blues and everything else it's almost <laughs> like people think oh we've done that now you know let's move on <laughs> yeah as if as oh, if once awesome. you once you get past day three you'll be fine Like that's, you know,
0: those, those, and you know, not that, not that I want to be flippant at all about postnatal depression, because for a lot of people that does go down a very serious path. And I think it, there's, there's probably a distinction to be made between yes, those classic stereotypical baby blues and then it's, it's kind of, you know, maybe one of three parts, maybe you're one of those mums who kind of passes through that and then feels really great. You're yeah. one of those mums who probably like you and I, who passes through that, but then still has doubts and ups and downs. And some days you feel great. And some days you think, God, what has happened to yeah. me? And then, you, you know, some of those mums really unfortunately go down that other path where they really yeah. struggle and, and need a lot more um, support and help. And it's, it's a much more difficult process for them. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of us who are kind of in that, that middle camp where you're, you're yeah. not, you know, necessarily, um down that route of actually, you know, having, having any sort of, um, you know, mental illness resulting from it, Yeah. but you're just really struggling and you're almost kind of caught in that, that in between. Um, and I think that, that, that loss of identity and, and sort of, you know, feeling like you're kind of being, being pulled in lots of different directions is one of the most difficult things about that that whole time um and there's a really interesting um ted talk by this woman called alexandra Sachs, who is a um psychiatrist or psychologist um and she talks about the the push pull Of the fourth trimester so you know the the oxytocin that love hormone that your body's releasing when your baby's born when you're in labor and then you know is also releasing each time you breastfeed if you're breastfeeding your baby that that's pulling you in to focus on your baby it's drawing you right in to them and them being the center of your world but then your brain is pushing away in the other direction your brain is <clears throat> pushing away towards the identity that you had before and it's mm-hmm. pushing you towards wanting your own time and wanting personal space and, and wanting that, that previous version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you kind of spend, you know, potentially beyond those first three months. Cause I still feel that even now yeah. in that constant push pull that your hormones yeah. are pulling you in one direction, your, your conscious brain is pulling you in another direction And you're kind of stuck in the middle going, how do I balance these two? You know, because I'm, Mm. I'm I'm being pulled towards wanting my own time, wanting personal space, wanting my body to myself, but then I'm feeling incredibly guilty because I shouldn't want to be away from my baby. I shouldn't Mm. want to not, you know, for my baby to not wake up and breastfeed because I just don't want anything touching me (laughs) right now. But you do, you know, you kind of
1: get stuck in that cycle. And I don't think enough you know we all go through that but it i think it's one of those things that you know sadly is just not talked about enough it's all mm. glazed over and polished up and it's very much about expectation versus reality isn't it and yeah. you know and, the, and what you see and and what you see you know social media and everything else and you think oh gosh and you know we all do ourselves a disservice because we're trying to live up to this to live up to this image that you know actually doesn't really exist <laughs> and I mean, we know that deep down I think we all know that but it's still really challenging
0: we, um, we just really need a reminder of it don't we because you know if if you put if you put motherhood on par with any other job or career in the world there there is no other job in the world where you would walk in on your first day with no experience with no qualification with no degree and expect to waltz in and run the company and know what yeah. you were doing you, yeah. you just it, it wouldn't happen but yeah. yet we have a baby and from day one we and maybe other people around us put this expectation on us that we're gonna know what we're doing and we're gonna have all the yeah. answers and i mean i'm sorry like i this this whole well you you'll know your baby's different cries and you'll know what they want Oh, that's absolute rubbish. I'm sorry, yeah. as a parent, a, a newborn baby crying is a newborn yeah. baby crying. Yeah, <laughs> it, it,
1: absolutely. It'll, maybe absolutely.
0: When, when they get older, sure. Like when, once they're older, I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You can kind of hear they're really in pain cry versus something yeah. else. But like a newborn baby, they cry yeah. and you go, okay, I'll try feeding you. That didn't work yeah. right. I'll, I'll try changing an nappy. I'll try. But, you know, it's... Yeah. It, it, it's go down, down the list, better. don't
1: you? Are they hot? Are they cold? Are they
0: hungry? <laughs> yeah and and just take those off the list yeah even as a health professional even as a midwife having worked with babies over such a long period of time when it came to having my own kids I still went through that list like even even with that kind of experience you still don't know there's still a newborn baby and you're still guessing and actually I feel like we need to normalize that that's okay we're all kind of making it up as we go along And getting to the end of the day and going everyone's fed and alive and the house is still standing actually i've done okay today
1: (laughs) exactly i have kept this little human alive today Mm. tick
0: but you know we we joke about that don't we but actually like let's imagine for instance if you put yourself in the in the shoes of you know an intensive care nurse now, if you got to the end of a 12-hour shift with someone who, you know, was really poorly and very much reliant on you and you had been caring for them and doing this for them all day long and you got to the end of your shift and that person was was stable and they were still alive, yeah. you you would leave thinking, my God, I've, I've done something amazing today. I've done a really good job. That person yeah. is stable and still alive and that's because of me. Yeah. But, you get to the end of the day with a newborn and not once do you congratulate yourself for the fact that you've actually no. just kept a human alive today. Yeah. Like an actual an actual other human who, if you weren't there and you left them on their own, yeah. they could not survive. Yeah, that, absolutely. It's all down it just, to you. Why yeah. do we not congratulate ourselves at the end of every day? Yeah. But absolutely like rocking at keeping another person on this planet.
1: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. should be
0: celebrated. <laughs> it really should it really should I feel like we need like some little like you know round of applause when you get into bed every night <laughs> there, everyone's still alive.
1: I'm so proud of myself <laughs> oh it honestly like I just think those it's it, just too easy I think mm. I think it's a, a a guilt thing you know I think it's just too easy to give ourselves such a hard time over everything isn't it I'm terrible for it you know I I kind of hit catch myself and I think oh gosh you know and you know, my kids are older now, you know, they're 10 and six and, you know, sometimes I get the look from them, you know, because I might have had that conversation with them the day before, you know, stop being yeah. so hard on yourself, you're doing really well and there I am.
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: I think, yeah, lesson to be learned all around.
0: <laughs> oh, completely and and I, I think it may, it's probably, I was going to say it's maybe more difficult with your first baby but I think it's actually just a different, a different shift perhaps with with a second or third or a fourth uh, you know compared to i think first time around is the most dramatic change in that fourth trimester isn't it you you have literally gone overnight from being an individual adult with your own free will let's say (laughs) and then suddenly that is that is gone and it's it is almost a bit of an identity crisis to kind of find your way back to that and i think it does change with subsequent babies but maybe just in a slightly different way it's almost I think I felt after after my son was born, it, it wasn't, it, it felt easier because he just kind of slotted into things and you're already used to being on someone else's schedule and you're <coughs> used to never yeah. being able to have a wee by yourself and it's just normal. Yeah. yeah. But it, it almost, I think, as as your first child starts to get older and you feel like you're getting a few of those freedoms back and a bit more predictability to your life and you're kind of yeah. through those really tricky developmental phases and the teething and all that sort of thing um and then another one comes along and you just kind of feel right that's just another nail in the coffin isn't it (laughs) and and i think i feel like that's what we need we we need to be normalizing for for any mums out there whether you're a brand new mum to your first baby or whether it's your you know seventh or your tenth baby i feel like we need to be normalizing that actually it's you you love your kids but it's completely all right sometimes not to to like them, or sometimes not to like the impact it's had on your life, or yeah. to miss the person you used to be, or or to you know lament the fact that you are having a struggle with your identity as a mum. It doesn't yeah. make you any less of a mum. I mean, I on a regular basis, and I have have breastfed both my babies and and intend to continue doing so. But I on a regular basis, when he wakes up at night, I do sometimes go, oh God, I just like, I just want some personal space. Yeah. I just yeah. don't want to feed you right now. Yeah. Because I just feel like you've been on me all day and I just yeah. want my body to myself for five yeah. minutes. And, and I, I think thought... you're right.
1: We need to we definitely need to, you know, normalise that. And you know, for me, you know, Hubby and I had been married for eleven years before we had um, before we had our son. So, you mm. know, we'd had we'd have eleven years of just doing what we liked when we liked. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a shock, quite frankly.
0: 11 years of spontaneity. And then now everything's like a military schedule to get out of the
1: house. Exactly. Exactly. And it's quite interesting when you have your second, because I think you're right. There's still, there's a change, but it almost kind of, it, it slots in because you kind of Mm. know what's coming. But I mean, for, for me, it was, um, you know, we we had several conversations when we had my second um, along the lines of, Oh, you know, I'd, I don't really remember this phase you know? yeah i'd like, be saying oh no i you know, i remember it i think i've just sort of blocked some of those things out sure i'm sure i just didn't do this no no my say he definitely did <laughs> you you definitely do forget though don't
0: you i think particularly yeah. that newborn period because it does pass in such a blur and yeah. I know we found because we've got almost four years between the two of them that there was a lot of that, that you really do forget that you, you yeah. suddenly, you know, and I remember actually when, when my youngest cut his first tooth and he was quite young at the time, but he'd had a really rough couple of nights and we were going through all these scenarios in our head of all these things that could be going on with him. And then it got to a point where one day I was like, I'm going to have to give you some Calpol I don't know what's going on but I'm gonna to have to give you something because this is, yeah. you know, you're just inconsolable. And I, I went to sort of get him to suck on my finger to pop the syringe in his mouth to give him the cowpaw. And I was like, oh, well that's sharp. Ah. Oh, yeah, teeth. Yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? But it? It just was not even on the radar. It was not yeah. even in my mind. I'd come up with all these really complex scenarios about what might be going on with him. <laughs> and then Sally was like, oh yeah, teeth. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I remember
1: that now. Oh yes,
0: <laughs> but I think almost because you know we we talk about all those hormone hormones and that massive shift in those first couple of months. But I think sometimes that as well, it does really make the whole thing a blur. And you'll hear mm. people say to you, "Oh, it'll pass so quickly. You know, enjoy it because it will pass so quickly." <laughs> but actually, sometimes I think an advice to any mums out there. Don't put pressure on yourself to enjoy it. You know, like you said before, like it will be this up and down. You will have some moments where you sit there with your little newborn baby and they're just adorable and asleep and and you're just marvelling at this little miracle you've created. Yeah. And then you have some moments that you're like, I really want to forget that day. That that was was not a good night or not a good day. And, you know, I'm feeling absolutely rubbish. Yeah. You probably won't enjoy every day of those first three months. I can pretty much guarantee that you won't but actually that's how all of us feel some days are lovely and you know don't feel like you have to savor every moment because some of them will be a bit rubbish and those ones you can just kind of push to the back and move on from
1: yeah yeah i remember having a um conversation with a with a with a friend who we both had um our first babysit at the same time and we just, we're, we were just having a really, really rough week. And I said, should we, should we just meet up for a coffee and we can just sort of like, you know, crow on each other's shoulders and yeah. nothing else. Yeah. And uh, we sat there and she said, oh, do you remember? Do you remember when we were pregnant? And we're like, this is the sort of mummy I'm going to be. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, we're all going to have like, you know, all our reusable nappies, you know, wafting on, wafting on the line in the sunshine while our baby's in the sling all happy. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we just we both just had a horrendous week, and I said, "Yeah, it's kind of a bit different." Times it's gonna be like. And you definitely have those days that are glorious, and you know you wouldn't change anything, but there's there's definitely a few of the other sort as well.
0: Yeah, oh, completely, completely, and and I think you you do kind of really go into the whole thing with this beautiful view of having a baby, and I think mm. actually for me. I almost went into the whole thing wanting to be pregnant like that that was the focus the the, the idea of going through that pregnancy yeah. was the bit that I was most you know really excited about yeah um and then you kind of get to you get to the end of that process and in the space of sort of 24 hours or so suddenly that's over yeah and I think emotionally I remember actually feeling quite empty and and you know in the days after my first was born and a little bit. So second time, I think as well feeling, you know, obviously you're, you're physically feeling very empty and very deflated, but yeah. actually emotionally feeling quite like that as well, feeling a little bit strange that I was suddenly on my own again.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, just, it's, it's you, an odd, odd feeling, isn't
0: it? You don't realize how much <clears> you've gotten used to just having that other little being there and just kind of feeling them move and being aware of them being there. And then suddenly in the blink of an eye that's gone and you're sort of on your own and you can put them down and walk away, but then you've still kind of got them on you because you're feeding them. And yeah. that was a really big shift that, that took those first couple of days to start to get used to that, that chapter being over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So almost like a sort of, uh, a grief, a sort of a grief almost. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: And, and I think, you know, for, for a lot of people, it's going to be really differently depending on the circumstance of your pregnancy. But I I know for me actually second time around, because with the the pandemic and things, an awful lot of my second pregnancy was while we were in lockdowns and things. Mm. So I didn't really ever feel like I got to experience that much with people or to share it with people because there are lots of, lots of friends that we have that I saw, you know, when I was kind of, you know, Twelve weeks or so pregnant, and we we kind of announced it to everyone, and then didn't see again until he was born.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And and you sort of, I I I feel like that was a bit of a grieving process for the pregnancy being over, as well as the fact it was a very quick birth. So I think I was almost in shock afterwards. Yeah. But it, it was a yeah. bit of a grieving process that I didn't maybe get to enjoy the pregnancy the way that I would have liked to, and to yeah. share that experience as well. And I think you've, you've got all of these emotions, all these different things going on whilst you're trying to look after a baby and you're not yeah. getting any sleep. And, yeah. you know, let, let's be realistic about it. You're, you're exhausted. You've probably got, got leaky boobs. Your stomach's feeling all <laughs> deflated and horrible. You're kind of, you know, like your maternity clothes are sort of a bit too big, but your normal clothes are no way near fitting you don't want yeah. to go out anywhere because you've got nothing decent to wear that isn't leggings
1: yeah.
0: and, and you just, you know, you, you just feel rubbish. You've got these giant airplane sized maternity pads going on and you feel like you're kind of waddling around the house. It, it's just physically you, you just feel so strange, don't you? And then yeah. you put the emotions on top of that and all the hormones that are going on. We've got to give ourselves more credit.
1: <laughs> absolutely. For dealing absolutely. with all that, don't we? Yeah, because I think you just feel a bit lost. That's kind of how I felt. But I just felt a bit lost. kind of knew what I was doing when I was pregnant, you know, what I should be doing. And then then have this newborn, I think, oh, I feel a bit lost, really. I don't really know what I'm doing.
0: And you just don't really know. You don't really know how to feel, do you? But you just feel like the expectation is that you should feel good. You should feel happy. You've got this lovely little baby in front of you and you're supposed to be this, this beautiful new mum who's happy pushing her yeah. fancy pram out down the street. So you just feel like yeah. that's the expectation that you should feel good and you should be yeah. kind of on top of everything. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I noticed more second time round, actually. First time round, I felt like I could just mooch around and nap in the day and there was really no pressure on anything. Yeah. But second time round, I definitely felt the pressure to be super mum, to be back up. And on top of yeah. everything, to be doing everything that I would have been doing for my first, as yeah. well as looking after the baby, as well as, you know, looking after everything in the house and cooking meals and, and just being on top of everything. Yeah. And I can still remember having a conversation with my husband, actually, in in the day or so after my son was born, that we usually make our own bread. And... I, we we were out of bread, and I said to him, oh, yeah, "I'll I'll go and put a loaf on in a bit. I just need to, you know, do X, Y, and Z." And him turned to me, going, "Look, I'll just go down the corner shop and buy some bread." Like it, yeah. it really that that's one of those things that we can let go. <laughs> we yeah. can just go buy yeah. a loaf of bread because yeah. right now with everything else we've got oh, we we don't need to be doing that. But yeah. that that pressure that I felt, maybe I was putting it on myself. Maybe it felt like it was coming from others around me. But that pressure that I felt to to be on top of everything, to keep up with everything that I was keeping up with before and just, just add this new baby into the mix. Yeah.
1: Was just almost like, Oh, I've done this before. So I can, I can definitely do it this time, you Mm, know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if there's mothers out there who are listening, who are, you know, expecting your first baby perhaps, and you've not been through any of that process before. I think one thing that shocked me with both of my, births and the days sort of afterwards was that huge adrenaline surge that those first couple of days I felt great. Yeah. And I particularly second time around, I remember looking at my Fitbit sleep data on my phone and and it popping up saying I think for three nights in a row I'd had about an hour and a half sleep in that 24 hour period. (laughs) But I felt great. And we, yeah. we, we went out one day and went out on a walk, and I'd, I'd done, you know, 12,500 steps on this walk. And this was two or three days after my second was born. But I felt fantastic. Yeah. And, and those two or three days, I felt great. Everyone, everyone around me and, you know, my husband looked rubbish. He looked shattered. But I was up and I was, you know, everything was fantastic. And then about day three, day four hit where we were talking about those baby blues. Yeah. And by God, did it hit. It, it yeah. literally just went from, I can totally do this. I'm going to have 20 kids. This is so easy yeah. to, I'm um, staying like in, in my
1: PJs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't function today. I can't deal with people. I certainly had that with my second, uh, probably more than my first, because my second was born just after Christmas. So it mm. was kind of, we had all the excitement of Christmas and that was all lovely and then had a, very fortunate, had a lovely birth second time round, unlike the first one. Um And it, you know, i yeah, same Our hubby was off work because it was, you know, annual leave, Christmas holiday time. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's go to the park. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the other one can go on the swings, you know? Yeah, you know, and people were like, wow, like, when did you have your baby? I'm like two days ago and I feel great. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. Then, then he went back to work, you know, christmas holiday we went back to work and i was like oh my gosh you know just like flawed completely flawed yeah i
0: mean, think it, it really does doesn't it you 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 so easily and actually i think it's a life lesson for all of us women to learn to say no to things to learn yes. that actually it's it's okay to say no because we did the same thing my my son was born at about quarter to three in the morning on a saturday morning and by lunchtime we were over at the park with my <laughs> old yes. And looking back on it now it seems so so stupid but at the time we were like oh, well it's it's a saturday we'll take it to the park that's what we yeah. do on a saturday <laughs> but I, I think yeah you, you've got to learn to just step back and go actually yeah. it it's it's not only okay to say no it's actually necessary
1: to say no yeah told me and I love this phrase because I'm terrible in all walks of life I say yes and then spend the next 24 hours thinking why on earth did I say yes why didn't I say no to this um so somebody once told me and I found this really helpful actually um when you say no to someone else you're saying yes to yourself that's a very good way of thinking about it yeah that that Mm. helps me actually when you say no to somebody else you're saying yes to yourself and at that I always try and think of that now before I leap in and go, yes, of course I can. I feel like I'm actually going to frame that and put that on my wall
0: because I feel like I need to see that. I really need to see that. I'm such a terrible yes person. I need it to just, put that on like... my laptop
1: screen, I think maybe. Oh <laughs> and When I'm God. just about to reply to something, of course I can.
0: It's, it's interesting when we were talking about, um, for any parents out there who were kind of preparing for this process, you know, if, if we were to share some advice with you for that i mean obviously we have talked about kind of take it easy in those first couple of days i think i would also say um it accept the way you feel embrace the way you feel don't don't judge it just view it completely impartially because you will mm-hmm. go through you will go through so many different emotions and just like in life you know we often view happiness as a bit of a destination like we just want to be happy mm-hmm. we just want to get to that point like that but as, as with any other emotion, it's not a destination. It's just this this ebb and flow. And I think you've got to view everything that you feel in those first few months as part of that, that ebb and flow, you know, you won't love every moment, but you'll love some. And you will have some days where you feel like you're doing, doing well in prioritizing yourself. And then other days where you feel really burnt out, Mm -hmm. you will get to a point where you feel like you figured out how to, also give some attention to your partner and, and split your time with your baby, but you probably won't in those first few months and that's all right. Yeah. And, and just to kind of just to really go with the flow of that, mm-hmm. with of all that and take everything you see online with a pinch of salt, every, every picture, every post, every, every yeah. comment that anyone makes yeah. or, or, you know, talks about their experience. Take that with a pinch of salt because you are seeing yeah. such a snippet of of someone's day and yeah. even those who look like they've got it all together behind closed doors it, yeah. it is going to be at times a completely different situation um,
1: yeah, absolutely but and I, I, think I think it's i think we you know when we talk about children's feelings and we talk about you know toddlers feelings and you know obviously my two like i said earlier you know a little quite a lot older now and we talk about you know every feeling being valid yeah um but actually we need to talk about that in ourselves as well.
0: So yes. you know,
1: we sort of, you know, it's 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 preaching, it's kind of doing what you're what you're preaching, really. You know, it's about every feeling that you have being absolutely and completely valid. And it, you know, it's fine. You know, if you're full of anger and remorse one day, you know, it's absolutely fine. If you're jumping for joy the next, that's fine. And like I said earlier, you know, that who knows, that could be, you know, in a matter of a matter of hours or on a really challenging day in a matter of minutes yeah yeah and I just think we need to accept that that's that's okay and like you say it's so important to to definitely take you know what you see on social media with a with a you know with a definite definite pinch of salt and um that isn't all what life is just think about when you've posted something on facebook your holiday, maybe the last holiday you had before, you know, you had your little one, you know, did you post all the best pictures of your holiday? You know, did you, did you make a comment about that meal that you had that you spent quite a money on? that was a bit rubbish. No, of course you didn't, you know, (laughs) Mm. you just, you've just posted all the amazing things. You know, you haven't said that, you know, the plane journey was like a nightmare or something else you have, you've posted all your best bits and that's what it is. That's what everybody is doing. They are posting their, their best bits. Probably
0: one of the most difficult things I've found is, is balancing a relationship in all of it. I feel like I was able yeah. to slot into the motherhood side of things and, and prioritising the mm. kids and then maybe starting to delve into a little bit for myself, trying to figure out that balance then with bringing a relationship and another person back into it has yeah. been really, really difficult. And I think for a lot of people that that's a, a struggle. You, you're just grasping being a mother. There'll come a time where you've got a little bit of freedom away from your child when you might be able to just grasp being a woman again and just having some time to yourself. And then you're actually trying to balance this, this third identity of being a partner as well. Yeah. The more care and time you can take with finding that identity and figuring out who you are as a mum and as a wife and as a woman and drawing on lots of different sources and having lots of support and really taking the time to find that the more stable a foundation that's going to have for your identity going forward through the rest of your life yep. rather than rushing into trying to fabricate something for yourself to make you feel okay about your situation where you're just yep. not going to have that that stability going forward that another child will come along another some other big shift in your life will come along and suddenly that just shakes that all and you've got to then try and
1: rebuild it again just going back to the you know the gentle parenting respectful parenting and all of that that 's so, so important in those early days, and it 's very easy to get forgotten with the hubbub of a new baby in the family. you know the relatives all pile in you know and this 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 gorgeous little baby, if we 're not careful, becomes you know this thing that is passed around mm-hmm. um, and you know that 's what we were talking about last week you know it's you know it 's your baby it 's a little human. Um, we don't, we don't need to be treating the baby like a thing. And it's all, it's all like we said before, it's all well-intentioned. It's not, you know, it comes from it. It comes from the right place, but sometimes it's not executed, um, executed right. And that, that fourth trimester is a real time for connecting and bonding and just having time as your new family unit. And it's, it's very difficult to sometimes stop the passage of time for long enough um yes if if there are sort of new new parents listening or you know um expectant expectant mothers listening you know just try and plan in some time for you to be that new unit of three or four or whatever your new unit is going to be and i think it does kind of get forgotten and people do you know, pounce on doorsteps and it's all very, it's all very well-meaning, but, you know, you're going through huge changes yourself and your baby has just, you know, entered into this world and it can be a bit frightening for them. And then to be just kind of like passed around a room and uh, it's, it's a tricky time. It's its tricky to manage. And if you're feeling as the mother, if you're feeling a bit lost and uh, it can be quite hard to assert yourself, I think in those times, I definitely found it really hard the first time around to kind of say what I really wanted because I don't think I really knew what I wanted and Mm. it wasn't until that time had gone that I thought oh do you know what (laughs) that's kind of what I that's kind of what I wanted for me that that fourth trimester is really about bonding connection early communication which is formed by that bond and that connection and just keeping it really simple and we talk about you know experiences for your baby and I think sometimes that the meaning of experience gets lost what we mean by that is you know time with the time with parents and time with carers we don't mean you know the trip to the zoo and (laughs) because I think people just get a bit carried away you know my my baby's got to experience all of these things you know yeah Um, it's it can be overwhelming I think and if you just think oh you know I'm not, you know, all these other people are doing this, you know, should I be doing that? Um, And it's okay just to have some time gazing at your baby. It's completely fine. Mm. We really forget
0: for for young babies, not even just newborns in that first trimester, but for for young babies, how overwhelming that process can be because their their entire existence has been very... um, it's 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 all been exactly the same circumstance they've had very little variation in sound it's always been primarily dark it's always been Mm -hmm. the same consistent temperature they've not had any sort of touch stimulation from others other than obviously you know their own body um in in utero they've they've been warm it's been you know moist there it's it's that whole environment has been consistent for their entire existence. So for their, um, for them in, in terms of a sensory perspective, their body's not used to any sort of change. Their body's not used to dealing with any other stimulus. And even that process of being born and suddenly being out of the amniotic fluid, being out in the air, feeling cold for the first time in their life, seeing bright lights hearing even just us talking at a normal volume but that's quite a loud noise for a newborn baby yeah that's already sending their little brain into overload and just those those early days and weeks at home with you where they're being exposed to to different lights, to different, you know, the sounds of us moving around the house and doing bits and pieces and the yeah. different different touches of, of having clothes on, of feeling different blankets against them, of being picked yeah. up and put down, having their nappy change. You know, that's, that's a lot of stimulation for a young yeah. baby. That's yeah. not even taking into account being passed around to different relatives who all have a different smell who yeah. some of them are, will have too much perfume on. And for that baby, you know, we, we see a different face or we, we smell a different smell and our brain goes, oh, that's so-and-so. yeah, And we know that that's a person that we, you know, we like and isn't a threat to us and everything's fine. But for, for a young baby, every new sense they're exposed to, their brain is in overdrive trying yeah. to process what is that? Is that a danger to me? Yeah. Do I need to have a reaction to this? And when we talk about that fourth trimester, we we view that physical separation of mother and baby that happens at birth. But we forget that particularly for our babies, and if I'm recalling correctly, this you know happens around about that period of about eight or nine months. Up until that point, our babies don't consciously realize that they're a separate being to us. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that separation anxiety and things come with at that age when they start to develop that object permanence. But at at birth, they see themselves and their mother as one being and they don't realise that they can can be separated from them. They don't realise that, you know, if they can't feel you or see you, that you still exist and they're perfectly safe. Which is why, for you know, one thing that a lot of parents are probably going to find in those first few days and weeks is that all of the months that they spent researching co-sleepers or Moses baskets or cribs and they picked the perfect one and they got the most expensive <laughs> mattress and they got yes. it all set up. You'll, I can guarantee you, your baby will be born and you will feed or cuddle them off to sleep. Yeah. And you will, you will lay them down like you're diffusing a bomb and slowly yeah. extract your hands and try to sneak out of the room and you won't make a sound. And they, know. they will scream. And it, yeah. it will happen. And it's not because you should have gone with the other crib and they would have liked it better. It's exactly that. They don't have that object permanence. They can't feel yeah. you. They can't see you. They think you no longer exist. And it's a, yeah. it's a reflex for them, it's a survival instinct.
1: Yeah. Um, And And it's okay. You're not doing it wrong. It's perfectly normal. All of those, you know, all of those things are so important because you just, again, you're kind of like, what am I doing wrong? We automatically think it's us, we? What am I doing wrong? It's always us. It's always our fault.
0: (laughs) But it, it is, you know, really important. I think if you think of nothing else in terms of from your baby's perspective in that fourth trimester, it's not a race to separate Yes, you you may be physically no longer attached to each other, but actually what your baby not only wants, but needs in those first few months is close physical contact with you, Mm. whether that be breastfeeding, whether that be skin to skin contact, whether that being worn in a wrap, you know, it, it, they need that close physical contact. Mm. That's how they regulate their system. That's how they mm. learn to regulate their breathing and maintain their temperature. And that's where their body can relax most because it mm. knows
1: that it's, it's not in danger. That skin to skin is so important because there's such a, there's such, quite rightly, a big focus on it, you know, with newborns um, and that, you know, that first sort of week. And I, I think it kind of gets forgotten about. And everything else that goes on. And you know, when I talk to my parents about it and I sort of say, do you know what, if you're having a, someone once said to me, you know, if you're having a really, really bad day, you know, just get in the bath with your little one and just have Mm -hmm. some skin to skin contact. And, you know, do you know what, that doesn't actually matter what age they are when you're doing that. And it's so, it's so important. And
0: you know anthropologically years ago we 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 are a carry mammal so we would have always worn our babies and our children so actually from the moment they were born they would have breastfed and then they would have been strapped to us and they would have stayed there until they're old enough to get down and walk yeah (laughs) and that was just the process and our our societal expectations of babies these days is is that they will be separate that they need to be put down but actually biologically for them that's normal and it's
1: like a reset cannot...
0: button it really it? is I feel it's like a reset button really is um, and I think for, for new parents particularly with newborns every time you get to that point where you think the feeding's not happening the sleeping's not happening they're fussy they're windy they're anything else just press that button just yeah. go back to that skin to skin make that your yeah. your go-to anytime everything else is all going going wrong just yeah. sit yourself back in bed, put yeah. them skin to skin and just step back and reset everything just for a moment. And oftentimes a lot of those issues will sort themselves out. I hear it from parents all the time, parents of babies who are a few weeks old, oh, I need to put them down, you know, or, or they <laughs> say, oh, I've, been, I've, I've been feeding off to sleep. I know that's bad. Or <laughs> I've, I've been cuddling them off to sleep or holding them while they nap. I know I shouldn't. And it's always, it's always followed by that, that comment. And it, it makes me so frustrated because I turn around and say, yes, you should. Yes, Yes. you should. Your baby is, is so little. Yes, you should. And actually I, I will, you know, continue on from that by saying that actually, regardless of the age of your baby, if feeding them, cuddling them, bed sharing with them works for you, then yes, you should. (laughs) <laughs> there is there Absolutely. is no magic age when you should stop doing that if it is working for you and your baby then you do it for as long as you want to but that particularly when we talk about that fourth trimester to to parents out there who are, are new parents or who are expecting a baby do not for a second in those first three months think about sleep in terms of your baby's routine in terms of how they're settling off to sleep any of that yeah. just don't even give it two figs of thought however yeah. they sleep best if that be strapped to you if that be falling asleep breastfeeding if that be cuddling for every nap and that's working for you then then do it don't think for a second yeah. that you should be doing anything else because yeah developmentally babies of that age cannot form habits they cannot make those connections they're their reptilian brain, that real centre of our brain that's active when we're born, does not understand cause and effect. So they yeah. can't form a habit. They can't be manipulative. They are not doing things just to get a reaction out of you. They, they're physically not capable of that kind of cognition. They, they just have this pure need to be with you. And I think if you, if you just, if you were to cross one thing off your parenting list in those first few months, it is, it is that sleep. Don't even think
1: about what you're doing or how you're doing it. Just do what works for them. Yeah. What works for them and what works for you is, is so important. And I would add to that step away from Google. (laughs)
0: Yes definitely even though it hands up even as as a professional I do it myself and I shouldn't but I do it <laughs> but just yeah or just just leave it all be be very picky about where you get your advice from is is what I would say really? be picky yeah. about where you get your support from because there yeah. is and and also if you are getting any sort of information from social media be picky about who it is coming from there's lots of people out there who provide what seems like very credible information but they are just talking from their own experience and that that yeah. might be relevant to their experience but your baby could be the complete opposite and not because there's anything yeah. wrong with them just because they're a yeah. very different baby yes yeah. so do be very careful about what you kind of take as gospel and what you compare yourself to yes. because that may just be one person's experience
1: yes absolutely absolutely
0: Thank you everyone for listening to Beyond Parenthood, the podcast with your hosts, Alyssa Pemberton and Ali Hobson. Um, If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can head to beyondparenthood.co.uk or you can find us on social media.